Can you have power over yourself if you give up any amount of authority to something else? Perhaps a better question to ask is can you claim to be Lovecraftian just because you name drop him in your film? Allow the cast of Cthulhu to be your guide through the world of cinematic HP Lovecraft influences from the superb to the truly cosmically horrific. I'm Jim Rohner. And I'm James McCormick. And today we'll be reviewing 2017's The Endless, written and directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, and starring Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead as well, which is something I'd forgot until I rewatched that. But same, same. <laughs> um, listeners, before we get into the discussion of that, we have a lot of other things to talk about. So go ahead, look in the show notes for the time code if you want to skip over all of this and just get into <laughs> a review of The Endless, because we have... A few other things to talk about, some of some good and some not so good, but let's start with the good stuff, and I cleared this up with James so that I could be selfish for a little bit. I posted this on the Cast of Cthulhu Facebook page a couple months back when it was still in pre-order, but the book Battleship Pretensions Top 100 Movies of the 2010s is out now for order. I encourage you to get it, not just because there's some uh, great reviews from great writers in there, but also because um, I contributed to it. Um, I have written, I, I, so I can now say I'm a published author, kind of. I mean, I didn't write the whole thing, but I contributed to it, but yeah. I'm, you know. It's published author, yeah. Yeah, but my, my name is in print uh, in a book, which is kind of surreal. Um, I wrote the reviews for, or I contributed the reviews for uh, The Hunt for the Wilder People and The Avengers, so I encourage you to, to pick that book up, um, support some um, eager amateur uh, young film critics and writers, and just it's a it's a really it's a really fun book. Um, and of course, like you do with choose your own adventure books, I skip to the end to find out what number one was. I won't spoil it for you, but um, I can't say I disagree with what they oh. selected as that. And, and I believe what they did was it was um, people that come to Battleship Pretension, like you know, regular readers, um, mm-hmm. podcast listeners. I think they submitted and voted on what the top 100 films were. So, nice. um, you know, so every every film from number 100 to number one is was decided by the people, basically, which I think is a cool little um, avenue to take instead of just being like, you know, we're going to decide what they are. Right, because, like, as opposed to, like, 10 writers deciding it, yeah. we'll have thousands of people decide, mm-hmm. you know, what the consensus is, like, what what is the best film of the 2010s? So I can't wait to see what 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 everyone chose yeah no it's a lot of fun the the only thing i will spoil is um (laughs) once upon a time in hollywood is in the top 10 which i think is kind of crazy considering it was what 2019 and yeah you you know i i i like that movie a lot do i think it's one of the 10 best movies of of that decade i i don't i don't know about that but yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure about that either but and i love it but yeah Mm -hmm. But let yeah, I'll, I'll, okay. That's a spoiler. It's yeah. in the top ten. But and who knows how many times Brad Pitt voted? You know, he, he... <laughs> probably probably a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's that's the uh, that's the one one of the fun things. And I, I guess you know because we've talked about it so much, we have to. James and I both watched the Snyder Cut, as I'm sure many of you have done in the last week. And uh, we yeah. won't spend too much time on it. But James, your your thoughts on the Snyder Cut? Um, I mean, I, I'll like before we start recording, I'll I'll say how initially I tried watching it on the Thursday morning, like in the middle of the night when it premiered on HBO Max, and got about an hour and a half into it. Was you know digging it, but I'm like, wow, it's only an hour and a half. I still have two and a half hours left, and then I 
Then I zonked out. I just passed out. And when I woke back up a few hours later, it was still going on, of course. And uh, I saw Jared Leto's ugly face. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to rewind this now. I'm just going to watch it before we record. So as I want to do, um, usually I wait till the last fucking minute to <laughs> like, like, like I did in school. Oh, let me write this uh, 10 page uh, essay before I have to go to class. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And, and it always worked out. So it was always like, Oh, okay. What, what's the deal? So I rewatched it last night. I kind of like fast forwarded through the first hour and a half. And then again, you know, watching it, it, like you even said, it, it is better than the we didn't cut. Mm-hmm. Did it have to be four hours? No. Nope. Um, I understand that why it was four hours, because as opposed to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where you had many films <laughs> to flesh out these characters, to, yeah. to show you, hey, oh, okay, Iron Man, cool. Oh, Thor's over here. Oh, Captain America? Oh, and then you have some other characters sprinkled, sprinkled throughout. Then they all join up in the Avengers. And you're like, okay, it makes sense that they're a team now because they have to be. Mm-hmm. Or everyone's going to die. <laughs> in this, it's just like Batman's like, oh, my new bro, uh, Superman, died. I made a promise to him that uh, I put a team together. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> what the fuck? And I'm believing Lex, which, good thing he, he did believe Lex Luthor. Um, that there was a threat coming. Mm-hmm. As opposed to in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where many films later, you have the Hulk, you know, Banner being so fucking frightened mm-hmm. and saying Thanos is coming. Yeah. And you're like, and you know, if you know the comics, you're like, oh, this is going to be shit. But the joke is like, wait, who the hell is Thanos? What? And, and like them not even knowing what this threat is. Mm-hmm. This one, it's like, Oh yeah, you know Wonder Woman talking about yeah, you know, Dark Side tried to do this you know a few thousand years ago, and you know we all got together and fought. It's basically we were joking about it that it's. I was I'm thinking this is like the fucking Lord of the Rings too. <laughs> Everyone had to fight Sauron and put him away. Oh, let's all all the the humans and the freaking dwarves and the elves. Yeah, it had it had. Yeah, it had it had strong vibes of that. Yeah, um, uh, the last Tokyo. alliance of elves and men kind of thing. Right, yeah. and I, I was thinking it the whole time. I'm like, wow, this is I've seen this, which I have no problem with. I, you know, everyone copies a story beat or a, whatever. But you know, through it all, like the takeaways I got were, you know, I I do I I do wish I got more. Like I wish I got a Batman film separate with Affleck and Jeremy Irons and. I really wish I got to see more Deathstroke. I love Deathstroke. That character I love to death, like to death, you know, p- pardon the pun, but, but I love that character. And it's just sad that it's like, again, the last scene is like, oh, here's Deathstroke. What's up? Yeah. Oh, it's Bruce Wayne. And then it's such a jarring thing. Spoiler alert for the epilogue. Then all of a sudden it's like dream sequence and they're friends. Well, not friends, but they're together. And it's like, if if you don't know that you and you're watching like you go wait wasn't he going to kill him? Oh wait, this is a what is this now? Oh, there's Jared Leto's ugly face again. God damn it! And if 
you are assembling a team of superpowered people to rebel <laughs> against your otherworldly alien dictator. Yes. What does Joker contribute to that team? <laughs> no, no. And from what you gather from that conversation, again, it seems like Snyder took from the Injustice storyline where Superman goes insane because Joker kills Lois Lane. That's what it sounds like he did. Well, but in, in this universe, it seems as though Batman is responsible for the death of Lois Lane. And... I I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, the wording is weird. It's like, is it? Or he takes responsibility because maybe because he never killed the Joker. I don't know. Yeah. And, and that, that we'll epilogue, know, that epilogue is supposed to serve as a taste for what Snyder's been, proposed Justice League trilogy could have been. But I think it just in instead serves to <laughs> confuse things, especially if you're not familiar with this universe. Right. Right. Um, I won't spend too much time on it. I, I saved a tweet from Jacob Hall, who I believe is the, the managing editor of Slash Film, um, that basically this sums up my thoughts. Two things are true. One, Zack Snyder's Justice League is an improvement over theatrical cut in every possible way. Two, in its current four-hour cut, it is formless and without pace, lumbering from one scene to another like an assembly cut with finished VX uh, VFX. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it feels overly long, and... My wife posed the question of who besides Zack Snyder could possibly have been excited about making this story and not because it's bad, but because it's soulish, you know, I, I have no investment in any of these characters and, and I, I listen and we've been in a pandemic for over a year now. Um, I, I'm sure I, I have found myself like many people kind of resorting to escapism, to familiarity, to stories that I'm familiar with that inspire some type of hope or joy within me. So I've mm -hmm. I've rewatched a lot of the Harry Potter movies. I've rewatched a lot of uh, rewatched a lot of the the Marvel cinematic movies. Yeah. And I don't mean to sound like a cynic, but in this day and age, do I need to see superheroes that kill? Do I need to see superheroes cast in this gray colorless void do i need to right. see superheroes that walk in slow motion to needle drops from classic rock songs or, or or do i need to see something not even need but me personally like i i'd i'd rather have the marvel shit man i i yeah. I'd, I'd rather have the fun the entertaining because you can say a lot of things about this is snyder cut including yes there's a lot of admirable technical work it's not fun it's not engaging, and I don't know why this is the story that that Snyder and people are like, this is the story that needs to be told now. I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't either. And like, you know, don't you know, don't get me wrong, like certain things like, yeah, these these heroes kill. Okay. Like like if I want to see that, like I'll I'll watch and that's I and you know, when I think about it, it's been a problem with a lot of just superhero films in general, especially even DCs. Like if you look at even back, hell, back with um, the Tim Burton Batman films. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fucking Batman kills. <laughs> kill the Joker in the first one. He yeah. kills. He, basically, he doesn't necessarily kill Penguin, but he doesn't really help him survive. He's 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 got a, he's got a, a firm hand in that process. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, Catwoman kills herself because you know. Yeah. He, he has that. He one definitely life. he kill he kills that fat guy. Quite gruesomely. Yeah. Oh, kills him. Just uh, hey, hey, and he smiles about it, he does. which has become a, a great meme because it's like, 
Yeah, he he got enjoyment out of killing that fat guy, that fat circus performer. Mm-hmm. What the hell? So <laughs> it, it, it's kind of a problem with like. But then again, hell, when Batman first came out, like even before being tinkered with and changed up for more of the detective type of side, he had guns. He they did shoot people. He sure. did kill gangsters. Mm-hmm. Like it was before they even thought of like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing that. Like maybe kids read these. You know, like like maybe we shouldn't like always put that out there and like. And that's a problem with a lot of comic books and a lot of comic book writers. And don't get me wrong. I like dark takes when it makes sense or, mm-hmm. you know, as an Elseworld story or like something go, oh, man, imagine that future where like, hell, there's it, there was a Thanos comic book series from a few years back where um, Thanos, the Thanos we know goes into the future and sees himself. He's conquered everything. Mm-hmm. He's King Thanos. He's but he still pines for death. Even in that future, death still says, No, no, bro. I don't want you. <laughs> mm. And and he's to the point where he's somehow controls the Hulk, and the Hulk is basically his lapdog, where the Hulk is eating every Avenger. <laughs> he feeds them when he gets, you know, cause so, Cap- so you see Captain America's shield, you see like mm-hmm. Thor's hammer, you know, you see everything. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, but I don't want to see that always. Like, I don't want to see like, like, there's been so many times like a, a hero, like the dark moment when he kills a villain. That's like, <gasps> yeah, you know, yeah. and and, you know, or like hell in D.C., like, you know, I think it was what Infinite Crisis when one woman breaks Maxwell Lord's yep, neck yep, and like mm-hmm. twists, twists I, I, identity, cri- identity crisis. Identity crisis. Yeah. OK, identity crisis. So many crises in D.C. <laughs> they got to they got to get a crisis handler. But but seriously, like, I, I you know, and, and this one, hell, when Steppenwolf is like getting. I'm thinking someone I forgot that oh yeah, right, one woman just beheads him. And then Darkseid just steps on his head, like, who gives a fuck? Like like it's even Darkseid going, Ugh, uh, failed again. Now I, I don't I don't have to kill you now. They did. I, I'm I and I, I don't wanna I don't wanna come across as though what I'm saying is well, my superheroes never kill. That's not what I'm saying. No. What I'm no, saying is if you're take or slant on these classic beloved characters is they swear and there's blood i'm not int- that's not interesting yeah. in any I'm way shape or form i'm gonna kill you yeah like okay Batman, like calm down and you have you have patty jenkins with wonder woman you have james wan with aquaman who fuck man imbue their characters with literal color and yeah. Snyder strips it all out. Like I mean, Shazam! Shazam is so colorful. Yeah, it's it's like, it's fun. And Snyder's filmmaking is a lot of things. It's not fun. No, it's not. It's very, like you said, it's very grim. And like, I don't know where that whole idea, even Superman being grim, like no, it's not the '90s anymore. He's he's almost sort of like he's twenty years too late because he's sort of responding to like a post nine eleven world, but like, right two decades later we don't want those stories i mean i don't want those stories anymore i understand as a one shot here and there in the comic book world but i do i need a four hour cut like like having watched this technically twice now it's like okay i've, I've got my fill okay. yeah no that that's that's enough um yeah <laughs> i mean and listen any long movie i'm i I'll probably never rewatch The Irishman again because it's three and a half hours of my of right. my time but I, i'm certainly not going to revisit the snyder cut anytime soon and yeah i mean I'll, I'll post a link to this in the show notes of just like an interview with him where he laid out what his trilogy was going to be and 
it's basically Infinity War and Endgame. It, 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 yeah. That's that's basically the arc, and so I'm I'm not interested. In, and I know in comic book lore, Darkseid came first. Thanos is legitimately a copy of Darkseid. Darkseid was created in 1970. I believe yeah. Thanos came around in 73. Um, but Marvel's already... They didn't just, like, pave the path. Like, they paved the path, the park, the complex. Like, they've done all this already. And Snyder's right. Justice League would have basically been the exact same thing that happened in Infinity War and Endgame, only it's the Mother Boxes instead of the Infinity Stones. It's Darkseid instead of Thanos. It's, uh, you know, and uh, I'm... Yeah, it's it's almost parallel. It is. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not interested, especially if it's just going to be... Especially if you're giving me more of Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> no. I know. You know, when I heard that he... I'm like, I'm like, I was into, like, the idea, okay, cool, let Snyder get his version, whatever, you know. Then when I heard, oh, yeah, and, and Jared Leto's coming in, I'm like, why? Why do I need that? Like, I don't... You could have picked anyone to play the Joker in that future version. You didn't, Did I need a tie-in to Suicide Squad? No. Not at all. Or maybe don't include him, because if I'm assembling my team yes. to fight Darkseid, <laughs> what yes, I'm not... Um, who I'm not going to recruit is the mentally ill regular person you know with a, with a SWAT team like bulletproof vest <laughs> yeah cool which I was confused yeah like in, in the end of the world the Joker is still alive I mean I do like the little little nod to like when, when Harley Quinn was dying she basically said like kill the Joker which I kind of loved that like yeah even in that future she still hates the Joker because he's a piece of shit mm -hmm. and, not a, and not a good love interest please stop putting those pictures up of them all lovey-dovey yeah but um speaking of pieces of shit oh um, yes two, great segue <laughs> two two pronged your number one any snyder fan who has been responding to anyone that has been critiquing the snyder cut like come on people and i want to say guys because i'm guessing dollar to yes. donuts it's mostly men um i mean but yeah there's been death threats there's been accusations of people getting paid to once again give it bad reviews like listen it's it's entirely possible, maybe, that people don't like what you like. Wow. It's okay. It's okay. You know what? You have it now. You have the cut. Yeah. Snyder and then Snyder's happy with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's it. You have it. Enjoy it. You can enjoy it. Yeah. And you don't have to agree with everybody. Yeah. And so go out. Yeah. Sure. Go ahead and go see his adaptation of the Fountainhead because that's a movie that the world needs. Um, well, he did. He did say. Did you see in an article? Like I read, he did say in an interview. Yeah, I don't think it's time for that movie yet. <laughs> Something like that to the word. I like spoilers. Um, there's never a time for that movie. No, um, I do. I do want to see his uh, the Netflix movie coming out though. Um, what is it? Army of the Dead. That that could be that could be fun. That was fun. That could be fun. I you mean, know, and, and and Batista's in it, so I'm okay. There with we go. That. And and Dawn of the Dead. I legitimately really like yeah. his Dawn of the Dead. Same, same um, here. And it's yeah. not as dark. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the realm of pieces of shit, once again, this story kind of broke. After we had recorded our episode on resolution, so we didn't address it then, but anyone who is a Twitter follower of ours has seen our tweet that we are choosing not to cover anything by Richard Stanley in the future. I have actually deleted the episode of The Color Out of Space out of our podcast feed because his longtime partner in a lengthy blog post, which you can read about, um, I've linked to it in the show notes, um, has accused him of years of severe domestic abuse yeah. and 
the story I first heard about it because our you know friend of the show Jerry Smith like tweeted something about like Richard Stanley yikes so I said like what are you talking about and he directed me to that blog post and you know listen any any type of domestic abuse is is horrible and should not be tolerated but the what she details is like this was not just going on for years it was incredibly violent and an even more heartbreaking element to it a bunch of people knew and said nothing and enabled it to continue. Yeah, that's the worst part of it. I'm not the worst part, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no. that was sickening. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so it it's just um thankfully what it seems like is a lot of horror Twitter has sort of I don't want to say run with the story, have believed it, have just kind of outwardly condemned it. Spectrovision, um, which was distributing and, and producing his movies, have said that any benefits or any proceeds from copies of the color of space are going to go to a charity you know supporting uh, domestic abuse survivors yeah james flower um from yep. arrow films has basically said the planned blu-ray um or, or the blu-ray plans for hardwired uh and dust devil are canceled um i i did see someone saying that you know big names in horror um filmmakers have been kind of silent on this which is a little um disturbing uh but yeah a little bit a little bit but yeah. people have um, a lot of fans, a lot of horror movie fans have really quickly believed this story, have condemned Richard Stanley, and rightfully so. Um, we 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 do the same thing. I mean, we I, I said it in that tweet. We believe survivors. We believe women. Um, and yeah, yeah th this is you know I, I know how excited we were to see the color out of space, and in a year. Well, I can't even say in a year because this has been happening. But in our minds, Richard Stanley went from this plucky underdog who got screwed over by the studio system. And yay, he's, you know, he's yeah. a, a figure we could rally around. Is like, no, you, you're you a toxic, destructive individual. Um, and, and, yeah. And yeah, we, we, don't, we don't have the time. We don't have the tolerance for that kind of shit. No, and, and, you know, again, like, you know, thinking about it and going like, you know what, wh you know, what? Why should we benefit from something that someone so toxic made? And like, look, look, a lot of films that we'll cover, a lot of shows, a lot of things that might be someone toxic from within that movie or show that we might not either know about or hasn't. Been, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. we don't know. We don't know every story of every like certain filmmakers from back in the day. Then years later, it's like, oh, you know, he was an anti-Semite. It's like, holy shit, really? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's all these things that come out, you know, years later. This is this is in the, in the now, and why should we benefit from, you know, I you know I believe Color Out of Space was like one of our most popular episodes. Yeah, it was. And you know, and you know, being a Richard Stanley fan for so many years, like like for actually decades now, when I think about it, it's like that long. I've loved his films. It's just it's just like terrible. Like you go, oh my god. Like now, now it kind of makes sense. A lot of the things that. The whole island of Doctor Moreau debacle. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, like you before. It's like oh he's crazy, but you know it's okay. No, now it's like no, you, you're you're awful. Like you're an awful person. It's it's it was always there, and it's sad because on Facebook I was friends with him. Oh really? Yeah yeah, and um he put out a little statement that basically was like, don't believe this woman. Mm -hmm. You know, she's trying to ruin my career, especially, since you know, coming back into it. Now, of course, she comes out and says this stuff about me, blah, blah, blah. And what was even more sickening and whatever, he has every right to defend himself. You know, we don't know the whole story. You know, 
Do we know 100%? No, of course not. We never will unless it does come out there. Mm. But of course, it seems like a lot of... It seems like a very similar defense just to kind of say, no, she's lying. Don't believe her. And then what's sickening is the amount of people on his friends page championing him and going like, yeah, the bitch this and like... And I'm talking about not just men, other women. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been friends with Richard, and, and really creepy because I was just kind of like, you know, let me see this, let me see these comments. I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna comment back. I'm just gonna, you know, and going through them all and going, they almost all sound exactly the same. The 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 defense of like, oh, I've been friends with Richard for decades, and he, you know, but another person like, oh, I've been friends with him for years, and he's never, and it's like really weird. It's like, our did he contact all these people to do that? Or are they just all in like this weird, similar mindset of like, no, we got to defend him. Let's do it like this way. Like almost like a rallying cry, like basically saying all these like big shots have like canceled you already. And it's like, no, that's not cancel culture. That's not, I hate people using that term. It's like, <laughs> no, this is business. And if they choose to say, Hey, we don't want to fucking do business with this guy because we believe the woman saying these awful things. They have every right. I mean, they don't have to choose to work with it. You know, like, like, why? I don't know why people use that as like this crutch. Oh, it's cancel culture. You should believe. Why? Why? You know, throw them under the bus right away. It's like, well, they have every right to do that. They can choose to not do business with him. They don't have to release his Blu-rays. They don't have to make his films. Mm-hmm. He watch. Maybe he'll get a, a fucking exclusive deal with the Daily Mail. You know, fucking whatever the hell, you know, Ben Shapiro will come along and help him out, like Gina Carano. That's not cancel culture. Look, they're still making movies. And this, and look at Mel Gibson. He's still making a great fucking career. I mean, Louis C.K. is making his comeback. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and also, cancel culture. Yeah, because in yeah. a lot of examples that people point to, too, Al Franken. Well, Al Franken chose to resign. Al Franken was not pushed out. Al Franken admitted to what he did, and yeah. he and he resigned. Or these days, people are pointing to Dr. Seuss. Oh, the Dr. Seuss estate willingly chose to remove things because they said it no longer reflected their... Like, no one came for Dr. Seuss. But also, cancel culture and this thing of like, oh, we just have to believe this... Per- and I, I, bo- I believe also, since she wrote that blog post, other women have stepped forward. Yes. And yes. also... Um, have admitted to um, these sort of things happening. Um, yes. Not not admitted. Have have revealed that these sort of things happened to, to them right, as right. well. Um, so this is a this is a pattern. And people pointing yeah. to the cancel culture thing is like, oh well, any woman can just come out of the woodwork and destroy a man's career. Like you you can't believe it. You have to lay out all the facts. Blah blah blah. blah. And a lot of these things, when it's he said versus she said. You, I guess I guess sure you do have a choice. You can believe the person that says this didn't happen and wait for the quote-unquote facts or you can believe the person that says no um this did happen and for me it comes down to the choice and even though like what's what's the risk here on one hand there's a risk of this filmmaker may never work again in doing the thing he he loves or there's a risk of a person's physical and emotional livelihood continuously being destroyed and broken down um yeah yeah, he may never work as a director again but like that's that's not as for me it's that's that's less of a risk and there's less there's less catastrophe or cause there than potentially someone 
whose personhood has been stolen from them, has been beaten out of them. I, right. you know, that's that's not a choice for me to make. Um, no, not just for any of us to make. I mean, and I mean, hell, going back to pieces of shit. Um, look at like a filmmaker like Victor Salva. I think he had a pretty good fucking career after um, raping a child. I yeah I, I believe um, yeah 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 uh, Jeepers Creepers uh is, is still going still powder powder yeah. got made after that you know like and it's and again it was a it's a known thing it, it he got convicted he admitted to it mm-hmm. and he still had had a career mm-hmm. so it shows people choose what to watch and and you know don't get me wrong when the Jeepers Creepers movie came out I didn't know about that. I didn't either. So, you know, I watched the first one, enjoyed it for what it was, and then when I heard that, I go, "Fuck this dude! Never going to give him a penny." Mm-hmm. But then again, you still have people going, "Well, he atoned for his sins." Okay, but does that mean he should be making films with other young men, like like young boys, like and like come yeah. on, like like I, I don't know. Yeah, look, do, do people deserve forgiveness? Of course they do. Like like I'm not saying, but but I don't know. It just sickens me. Like. Like that whole idea of like, you know, that, that that's a time that someone should have been quote unquote canceled. But um, sadly, um, one of his um, friends is uh, Francis, Francis Ford Coppola, Ford Coppola. Mm-hmm. which and it's a filmmaker that I love. But when I hear, when I think about that, that always just makes me think for a second, like, why? Well, and why? <laughs> and I, I'm and I'm I'm with you. I mean, I'm I'm a. I'm a dedicated Christian. I go to church every yeah. Sunday. I'm a deacon in the church that I go to. I am the podcast producer for the church that I go to. I believe 100% in grace and forgiveness. It is one of the core values of Christianity. Yeah. But there's a big but coming here. <laughs> forgiveness is a choice and there are actions right. that also have to be taken uh have to be taken into account. And so here's the thing. Victor Salva, Richard Stanley, Louis C.K., Woody Allen, there are certainly paths to reconciliation, redemption, forgiveness. But also, here's the thing. Maybe, maybe, part of that for these kind of people is like, I'm not just admitting that they've done something wrong and for, and, you know, asking for forgiveness, but giving up that privilege, stepping aside, let another filmmaker fill that gap. Yeah, there's many filmmakers that can fill that gap. I, I was, I was, I, I even I had a conversation with my wife a, a little bit ago after even even James Gunn when those tweets surfaced that like James Gunn had oh. written some real shitty things in his past and he's like, yes, I did that. I'm sorry, and he he stepped off of Twitter. He he removed himself from I believe was it was it Guardians at that point or or he stepped away from from something. I think it, I think it was it was it was gonna it was technically Guardians three, which he was mm-hmm. he was in on. Basically, he was writing the script at that time, and then, and I found out the whole like that whole thing. Yeah, he had he had apologized years before about it, mm-hmm. and then he had to apologize again, knowing this is what you know. And then Disney, you know, Disney had to do what they again, they had to do what business. We have to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. But look what happened. He got hired back. Well, and, and it's not the same. And it's not the same limit. You know, it's not the same level of these other people, of course. Mm-hmm. But also the 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 thing that she proposed because I remember we we didn't really debate it, but I remember kind yeah. of um, pushing back a little bit, like, yeah, well, but he he apologized, he stepped away, he did a thing like, he, and he it, my my sentiment was basically he earned his right to come back, 
And her right. response was, or that hole could be filled by, let's say, a woman filmmaker or yeah. someone who had not had previously an opportunity and also doesn't have those kind of things in their past, who doesn't have to make up for something, who doesn't need to apologize for something. Richard Stanley, yeah. well, fuck, Woody Allen's going to be dead soon anyway, I'm pretty sure. And if you haven't seen Allen vs. Pharaoh on HBO Max, absolutely watch it. Um, I can't watch it now because like, I know I'm going to just be so... <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. no, it, uh, that DVD copy of Annie Hall on my DVD shelf is a, it, it burns every time I look at it, I have to say, but, um, I mean, yeah, Richard Stanley, Victor Salva, like, you can, you can, there is redemption, there is forgiveness, but also maybe that path to forgiveness is you step aside and you allow yeah. that privilege to be given to someone else who did not previously have an opportunity, and, you know, Maybe that sounds unfair to some people. Like, you know what else is unfair? The livelihoods that have been destroyed by these people. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's and little little side note, um what I what I kinda love, one of my favorite um online um sites to order movies from uh Diabolic uh D V D. Uh Jesse Jesse Nelson runs it. Really good guy. And when this came out with Richard Stanley, he he had like a maybe like ten or twelve copies left of the audiobook that Richard Stanley reads from Severin films when mm -hmm. the, you know so he had about those you know a bunch of copies left and he's like he put them up for $25 each mm -hmm. and he's like all the money he makes from them he's going to give to a domestic abuse like you know like charity yeah and already he said people have come you know emailed him like trashing him saying they're never going to order from him again for sure. canceling out Richard Stanley and I love what he said um, no, I didn't do any of that actually. I didn't. I didn't say I'm throwing all these out. I didn't say I'm burning them. I didn't say. He's like, I still need to make money, but I want to put this money towards something that's good in the world. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take this and actually go. And they even said, he's like, hey, if you want to quote unquote order it, but you don't even want the copy, and I could sell it again, even better. Just give it towards this domestic abuse, you know. And I'm like, I love that. Oh, you can't like. He's like, no, I didn't cancel him. Like. He did that really well on on his own, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> James Flowers, um, you yes, know, yeah. e even even himself, like people were tweeting at him, like I find this pretty hypocritical, considering that you guys distribute films from Klaus Kinski, and he's like, let let me get the record straight, Klaus yeah. Klaus Kinski's been dead for thirty years. Klaus Kinski is not benefiting in any way, shape, or form from these things. He's not, actually, but yeah. but if we continue to sell these, uh, you know, these Blu-rays uh, or continue with these plans. Richard Stanley is going to is going to directly benefit from them. Yeah. And it, it's just that thing of like if if you take away someone else's right, then how is it unfair if someone like I mean, fuck, John Landis was overseeing a film where people died. And you can argue all children. Day, children died. Ch yeah, yeah we're, children we're working at that time. Children right. died. Roman Polanski raped a child. Um Maybe because of what you denied from someone else, you don't have the right to make films anymore. You don't get that privilege because, um, yeah, it, it, I, I don't, I don't see how that's unfair. Um, I don't, I don't either. You denied the rights of someone, so you don't get this privilege anymore. That seems pretty fair to me. Well, and and the other thing now before we go on with the actual review, so. Mm. I'm not even going to say apologies because this is something we, we, we like to do. We like to get this off our chest. But, <laughs> like, 
people can still enjoy what they want to enjoy from those people. Whatever they want to do, fine. Do what do what you will. But know that, you know, like you said earlier, you know, these people have destroyed lives. They've people are still going through therapy, and they will go through therapy for probably until the day they die because of what these people, quote unquote, people decided. I'm just going to take advantage of this person. I'm going to abuse this person. I'm just going to whatever. And then and then make good and then abuse them again. And then make good and then abuse them again. And like to the point like, you know, when you read when I read that whole blog post, like it just like completely turned my stomach to the point. I'm like, yeah, this is again, this is again, I'm reading. I'm like, this is too detailed to yeah. be some some woman trying to get back at her ex. Like, you know what I mean? And like. It's it's not like she just said, oh yeah, he uh, hit me, and that was it. That was the post. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? No, it it's so scary to read of these actual like dates and like how she had to escape him, and that he kept following her. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, because what we've learned from like you know you read about you know abusers, they they do not take lightly when someone tries to leave them. Mm-hmm. When they try to escape the abuse, because like, no, you're mine, and I get to do what I want to you. And well, it's like, what? <laughs> well, and once again, getting back to Woody Allen and Mia Farrow, yeah. Mia Farrow came forward with accusations that her daughter made of sexual abuse. Right. The narrative eventually became not about a child being sexually abused, but about a woman scorned. And trying to get back at the man who fell in love with her adopted daughter instead. Which also, that's pretty fucking creepy too. That's a whole other can of worms there. Yeah. Um, But, but, (laughs) and just, just that idea of instead of why, when a story like this breaks, why, and this is rhetorical because I'm pretty sure we know why, but why is it not like, oh my god, here's a story of abuse, but like, but how is this woman trying to get back at this man, you know? It's another woman and and you know it's like it's a lot of times just it's a, always a woman trying to ruin a man's career isn't it it's kind of mm-hmm. telling there like a lot of these stories some not not withstanding but like you know it's kind of weird like and then you have like people like i don't even want to say her name that one critic person randolph grace randolph mm-hmm. and like just her like defending like you know roman polanski like saying, oh, well, she wanted to be famous. Oh, so a thirteen-year-old getting raped—that's yeah. But she—but it's her fault because she wanted to get famous. She was a model, so she should have known better. <laughs> like, what? Like, and you know, I've watched those documentaries and how she's older now, and she wants to go on with her life. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, maybe it wasn't the smartest thing to be in a in a place with this older man alone. Mm-hmm. But she was at a too young of age to actually think to herself maybe i'm gonna get raped tonight like why would she even think that you're a child you shouldn't have to have that fear but sadly that's the world we live in there will be people who will jump through endless hoops or over endless hurdles to try and well listen here was a young girl who wanted to be a model she shouldn't have been in that situation right roman plansky was heartbroken over the death of his wife he wasn't going to get a fair trial from so of course he fled and they'll and they'll right, they'll right. do all these mental gymnastics to try and justify what the man did and what gets lost in that is but hey 
there's a fucking victim here too. They push the victim away. It's always like they don't even talk about the victim unless they want to ruin the victim's, you know, credibility. Mm -hmm. That's when the stuff comes out. Well, you know, she smoked pot once. Like, you know, there's always like something like that comes out. Oh, um, you know, like she used to be a stripper. Oh, you know, it's like, and your point being, yeah. but there's some people buy into that. They buy into that idea of like, oh, well, she had it coming then, I guess. Oh, she shouldn't have been wearing that, that short skirt. They shouldn't have been wearing that low cut top. It's like, like whenever, like I read that, it's like, and, and, and again, the older I've gotten and the more cynical I've gotten, like when I read even a headline to a news article, I already know exactly where they're going to go with this news article. I know if it's either going to be for the victim or completely against the victim. And there's always something like when, when a black man gets shot to death by cops, well, he was a drug addict. Mm. So he had it coming. It's, it's, it's horseshit. And I mean, listen, yeah, there's, there's, there's a choice to make and we're choosing to believe the women. We might be wrong. I don't think we are, but even if we are, are, like, we're we're doing it because, listen, for generations, literally for generations, <laughs> by default, believe the man. It's yeah. time. It's it's time to change that. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think we. I think the narrative has to change a little bit, and maybe through this, maybe, maybe hell, maybe if they if Spectre Vision still goes through with this idea of like a Lovecraft universe, mm-hmm. maybe get some women on board to do some Lovecraft adaptations. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's a thought. Um, you know. Yeah, so and so that's it. I mean, you can you can disagree with us. You can you can choose to be like, listen, I, I'm I'm going to separate the art from the artist. I'm going to watch this movie anyway and hate this guy. And that's that's your choice. It's it. I I can't I can't do that. We're, I just... we're not choosing that. Yeah, we, we can't we can't <laughs> choose the art over the artist. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I guess now that we're forty five minutes in, we should probably actually talk about the endless, which some people are saying this episode is. But 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 um, a little bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, the endless a a you could say a sequel to resolution certainly exists in the same physical universe as resolution. Um, now I know that you had uh th- this was the second time watching it for me. Once again, I I had watched it initially when I when I was covering Benson and Moorhead and I do movies badly. Um, but I hadn't seen it for a while. Watching it again, I actually think I I have more problems with it now than when I watch it. But what what's your relationship with with the endless? What what did you think of it? I mean, I, I, I it's funny. I'm I'm in a weird way a little bit of uh, maybe a few things I agree, but like I actually liked it more the second time okay. than the first. I mean, I like the connection. I understand it's like the same world. It's like the story they wanted to like flesh out, tell mm. about their characters from resolution (laughs) years later from when they escape this cult of sorts and like describe, you know, talking about this higher being, this thing that is supposed to help them, you know, like, I like the jokes about, you know, I, I, I like films that deal with like a cult of some sort Mm -hmm. or, you know, some sort of weird religious faction. And I mean, 99% 99% of the time they always end the same where yeah that that cult is not good you know that, that, that you know there's something wrong with them even if they think they're doing what they're doing is right you know films like Midsummer and mm-hmm. the Wicker Man the original even the Nicolas Cage one just for fun you know <laughs> pun, pun, you know in a bear costume punching a woman in the face hey, you know, <laughs> what the fuck am I watching but you know even like something like The Sacrament 
you know, mm. from uh, Ty West, yeah. you know, you know, all these like film, like, you know, yeah, like, there's something wrong with them. And like, you always have at least one character that sees there's something wrong with this. There's something going on. What, what's more, what, what is this? But again, I can maybe see what you mean. Like there's some things that I'm like, kind of like, eh, maybe this shouldn't happen. Maybe, 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 or even some of the world building, like, okay, the loop's still going on, but like, does that make sense? Like they know it. Like, it's like, you know, the one guy that just hangs himself and then he gets a gun, he shoots himself. And then it's like, almost like a little joke, like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Did I, 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 you know, and it's supposed to be like, we're getting to this tense moment. And then that scene, and I, I don't get me wrong. I laughed and I went, should I put that in there? Maybe just the gunshot and that's it. Like, I understand the joke that it's never going to end. It's endless. He, yeah, because, you know? I mean, if this guy has hung himself, then clearly he already knows if he shoots right. himself, it's not going to be any different. But Right, that three hours of his loop. Like, he should know that. And it's weird that the whole loop thing, like, like it kind of falls apart because you, you have the idea, okay, fine, they have to do this loop over and over again. Mm-hmm. But... Sometimes they don't know they're doing the loop right in the beginning, but then they come to, you know what I mean? Because, like, for example, when Mike and stuff, we see the loop happen again, mm-hmm. and it starts over again where they don't know what's happened. It's the beginning of the loop, and whatever, how long that loop is. But, I mean, in their case, of course, you see that they've aged a little bit since. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever. That's, you know. But, like, the guy that's in the tent that keeps like dying it's like like six seconds yeah six seconds and you'll but then he's able to talk to the person enough you know talk to aaron like hey you gotta leave hey you know get out of here Uh, but like i just don't understand like it's almost like the loop is there but like they can break out of the loop enough to talk to somebody else well it's yeah so and 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 when i say that i i because I texted James and said, like, I, I think I actually like it less the second time around. I should clarify and say, because I, I don't think I don't think you can really get a full picture of a film until you see it twice. Because the first time you're just yes. like, what's going on? Who are these characters? Mm-hmm. What's the... And that kind of stuff. And so the second time you really start like, let me notice or, or let me really look in detail at mm-hmm. some of the other things. But with this one, my focus was specifically on how does this adhere or not to uh, uh, the definition of a Lovecraftian story. And so in, in that regard... I really don't think it is, and I, I, I am kind of annoyed that it opens with, it opens with the uh, quote that is tattooed forever on my skin, yeah. the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear, and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown, and it's, and, and I think why, what makes that quote powerful and what makes Lovecraftian stories powerful is he's basically saying to not know, or for his characters to not know, is better than to know. That and the the knowing is your your insignificance, your inability to control your own fate. This this idea that the, the cards have been dealt before, you know, or or or, or that the hand played out before the cards have even been dealt, kind of a thing. Right, right. And the way that they utilize that idea of the fear of the unknown is more like I like removed from that context of more of just like um you know not knowing your not knowing the rules of your own universe is a scary thing whereas the scary thing in Lovecraft stuff was like no once you figure it out that is the scary thing 
And right, and, and we even have the car- you know, the the quote unquote leader trying to figure out this, you know, this this you know, this thing. Like he he can't he doesn't have the answers to it. Mm. But it almost seems like he he's okay with that though, because like eh, whatever, it's something we believe in. Well, yeah, and I. And what I what I just said maybe didn't make a whole lot of sense, but I, I know like so Aaron Moorhead's character, who I yeah. guess is Aaron, because they 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 Justin play and Justin and Aaron. He actually finds solace and peace and comfort in this idea of repeating this life over and over again because of what they had come from. And the, I mean, this film does a wonderful job of um, exploring this idea of surviving trauma and abuse and then and what drew you to it initially because as he says like listen we're we're cleaning people's shitty apartments we have no money i prefer this world which you say is a weird cult to the the world where we have where we can do whatever we want kind of a thing right right. um and 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 with that i I kind of find his turn at the end where it's like fine if you want to stay here let's stay here cool that's all i wanted now let's get out of here it's like that it was too it was too like okay that's all i wanted what? Like, <laughs> like, like, and but because it's weird because like, when they all get taken away by this higher whatever this being is, this this old god whatever <laughs> it is, he's like upset because he wants to go with them and he gets there not in time. Like they're all, you know, and it's like, which I do laugh that this this higher being really loves, like videos and audio cassettes and, <laughs> like really does and pictures like Polaroid pictures. Yeah, like that's the way he communicates. It, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's we because we, we, it really starts with once again, a, similar to how resolution yeah. started with like, there's a video that was very clearly created by this thing to lure them back right. into this world. And I guess my, my biggest complaint with the endless watching again is it's sort of, um, it, it, it wants to have its cake and eat it too, but doesn't do very well. Because like you, you see at one point when they're on when both of them are on the hill, uh, Byron's hill outside of his little, you know, his little trailer, you yeah. do see that visual of like, there are these different bubbles around, which leads yes. you to believe there are different realms where the cycle or the loop is affecting those people differently. So like that really angry guy, he has a loop of what, like three hours, I think it is three, or something I like think that. He said three hours. Yeah. 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 His is three hours. The groups, the cult the group, whatever, which I actually, I think is interesting is 10 years. Si- side note. I think it's interesting because it seems like they did start out as a cult. Then once they realized they were repeating, they're not, they're not a cult anymore. They're just like, we no, but we just can't get out. Like it's, but, we, this is, but you know what? Might as well live life to the fullest. Yeah. Cause that's in, in their own way, you know? Yeah. Cause that, that's the story that's been chosen for them. But you have this guy who's three hours. You have the, the group, which is uh 10 years. You have Mike and Chris who are, I think a week. Um, yes. And then the, the guy in the tent who's, who's like six seconds. Um, but I, I wasn't entirely clear as to, okay, but what dictates when the loop starts and ends? And also then, how does it work? Because it seems like that angry guy who's repeating for three hours, his loop physically overlaps with the group. So how is his three hours, but theirs is ten years? And it, it does very much kind of feel to me like they started something with resolution it was received pretty well, so then they went back and made a world based around it, even though they hadn't intended to make a world based around that. You know what I mean? It's almost like, yeah, it's almost like my, I mean, it's kind of like my idea with, like, 
the Wachowskis and how when they made The Matrix. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they necessarily intended to make sequels right away. Like, I don't think they said, yeah, we're making a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Sure. Then they made two sequels and they expanded upon that world to the point where you're stretching it so thin that a lot of holes, plot holes start to come up or a lot of um, question, more questions than answers come up. And don't get me wrong. I like a movie that makes me question like, oh, what if it's like that? Or what if that's the being? And like, But this one, it's like, while I enjoy it, it's like, okay, so there's this being that looks down upon them, that gives them whatever they need. But, he lo- but this thing still has this pleasure of like torturing people. Mm-hmm. to make them die and like these loops and then but then when justin jumps into the water to get that one tape mm-hmm. there's something else down there is it the same thing or is this or is that dagon you know what i mean like, like <laughs> right. it's the water it's the water god that's down there mm-hmm. right? I, like, it's a little confusing it's like okay is it the same thing is it just world these little loops are just where this being or beings take their pleasure but they can't do the whole world yet because they don't have the power or something i, I don't know and i'm wondering about the logic of the mike and chris characters because they by by the the time that justin shows up to to meet them they're aware they've been stuck in this loop for who knows how many weeks yeah and so if they're aware of that and mike in particular is aware that nothing that he's done has been able to get them to to break out of this loop why are you still trying to detox your friend by handcuffing him to a pipe? Because, like, you know, <clears throat> you know you're, I mean, I guess maybe there's there's the hopeful or the foolish optimism of, like, listen, maybe this is the one where we break out, so I'm going to continue having him chained up because if we do break out, then he, he can be sober. But then also, he still kills himself at the end of that thing so it kills both it kills both of them yeah so it's it's kind of the the logic of the logic doesn't make sense to me like if you know this is all useless then why are you still going through the motions of trying to which maybe speaks to kind of the the horror of recognizing your futility because if this only emotional victory is listen i'm gonna kill myself so we end this iteration on my terms oof that's a that's a hollow victory (laughs) right i don't think i don't think i think this this being takes pleasure in that like okay fuck me well fuck you you're you're back into the loop <laughs> yeah you can't escape this thing you're 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 the, you know quote unquote the endless that's what it is these are endless loops there's nothing they there's nothing any of them can do mm-hmm. to stop it yeah you know like like and it's just again it's strange like you said how resolution started with a tape coming to him mm-hmm. oh i gotta go help my friend and this time a tape from camp arcadia from anna but like she doesn't know anything about it. Nobody knows about it. Like, Hal is like, what are you talking about? We don't, we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And of course, the first thing, oh, it's just, no, it's, so what makes it even more funny is that this, this being had to go to a post office <laughs> and, del- and, and pack up these things <laughs> and deliver, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it almost makes it like, it almost like shatters the whole world a little bit. Like, wait, so how did it get there? Like, like, it's almost like, to me, it would have made more sense if someone did send it. And, like, they didn't realize that they were making this loop happen. And I guess, I guess retroactively, this question could be applied to Mike and Chris as well. But what what what's the interest in having these guys come back? Now, maybe it's because right. they were part of this loop, 
or, or right. they were they were part of this group and they escaped before the loop could begin. So it wants to recapture them or something. Or like this. Well, it, well, technically, isn't the loop when the three full moons goes? I I I think I think that is the the case, or that that's what the movie is is telling us at least for right. the group. So then, is it then back in the like early nineteen hundreds? Right. Did this camper that who's who's continuously dying in this tent? Did he set up a tent six seconds before the third moon? Like I don't I I'm right. once again it's sort of like I would actually be fine. I think if the film were more vague, but it seems to kind of explain it but also not explain enough. And and there's a fine line between, you know, like it's a, it's a weird equivalency to make Mad Max is Fury Road is a film where, you know, there's more to that universe. The film doesn't go into it though. It's just like, yeah, right. there, there's these weird fucking stilty walking guys. What's their story? I don't know. Ah. Use your imagination. Yeah. Um, like this. Yeah. There's the, the friggin guitarist. Where'd he come from? I don't know. Yeah. Just the, cool looking. The, the, the doof warrior. Um, Warrior, yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> there's the, a comic. There's a comic book about the Duke Warrior. So <laughs> they did explain it that way. George Miller did, but still, it just it, it showed. Don't tell. Yeah. Um. So so there's a fine line between like let's place enough here to let you know this is a vibrant, mysterious world, and let's explain everything to you. But I don't think the explanations go far enough, um, to answer the mystery of this temporal weird looping system that they have set up and once again it feels a lot like they kind of you know they wrote a check with resolution that the endless can't necessarily cash because they weren't planning to do that really no no i mean hell they didn't follow it up with the endless they yeah follow spring you mm-hmm. know like they followed with like short films and so i think the more clout they got they said you know what we really like that world we built let's expand upon it like and probably Producers said, "Hey, resolution. Um, do you have more about that world? Because it seemed like you had more." Mm-hmm. And they probably went, "Yeah, we have some notes. Let's let's write a script." Yeah. And you know, and don't get me wrong, it's admirable. It's admirable that they tried. And like to me, a lot of the stuff does land well. Like and like the character moments, I think work really well. Where you actually don't. What I what I really like about the the quote unquote cult is you don't really dislike them. Yeah. They're not bad people, mm. actually. You know, like they—they all mean well. And like, when when um, when I think it's Hal when he's talking to them outside, like when that tape is found and it's like them younger, talking about, it's a and him just being so hurt mm-hmm. when you like saying that we were castrated, like and like no, we all have our sex organs. Like you call it like Kool Kool Aid drinking, like no sex organ, like cult, like how do how do you think we're gonna fucking sell our beer? Yeah. Like, like, I love that. It's just like a hipster thing sounding thing to do. But it's like, <laughs> no, it's true. They, you know, ultimately, like, they did get hurt from it. But Justin was also kind of right. There is something, an element of a cult. Mm-hmm. You know, they even make the joke, oh, this is kind of a culty thing I'm going to say to you now. Because <laughs> he knows, okay, this is kind of weird to say, you'll find the, the answer at the bottom of the, the lake. So how does he know that? Did he put it there? Yeah, or, and, right? and, it's and, a and be, weird thing, right? Yeah, and because I, I'm also under the impression that this group has only like um, lived this loop once, maybe twice. So they, so they, right, right. Yeah, so yeah, so how does he know about it? Like, I, I, I kind of felt like there were a few moments, including that, um, that bottom of the lake moment, that were sort of like obfuscation for the 
for the sake of making it look like there's still mystery to solve or there's something outside of this universe of what we're seeing, but um, but even they don't really have the answers to it. Like it's kind of like we're gonna be vague on on purpose to kind of be cool, like a little like a little right. kind of Donnie Darko thing. Like, do I believe that right. Richard Kelly? fully fleshed out the world and the rules of Donnie Darko's universe? No, I don't. I mean, I guess yeah. maybe in the Donnie Darko's director's cut, um, they do, more, yeah. and it makes it far less interesting of a story. Yeah. Um, but ju- just that idea of sort of like, we're going to obfuscate for for the purposes of, of, of false mystery is kind of what I felt like. Um, yeah, yeah. I That I, I agree with. Like, because again show don't tell it's like they tell you to me too much of like oh well go down there you'll find the answer it's like what does that even mean right did did, did hal put it down there and then like um i forgot what the the brewer the brewer guy the old the the one older guy in in the cult with the beard yep yeah which okay that's another thing this quote-unquote cult they're all young people for the most part they're all young Mm -hmm. like they're all what 30s 40 the most Except for Wounded Beard, who I think is supposed to be older, right? I assume he he looks like it, but who you know who knows with who knows? A, yeah. But that's weird, like you know, and especially when Hal talks about how he saved saved them from the burning car with the mother. Right. He says that. So does he always save people in this weird area? Like, like because he also helped Mike's wife out or some. Got, got, you know, like, oh, let me help you. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me this person. Oh, she was a drug addict at the nearby. Oh, oh come on in. But then uh, also, so yeah, that that woman is, I'm, I'm thinking, is supposed to be the one who is tapping on the window in resolution. Yes, yes, it is. It's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. So then, is she caught in their loop or in Chris and Mike's loop? I think, again, remember it says like you can get in and out. If you choose to, and remember, I think, I mean, hell, it's weird because, like, when the ending again, the ending where Hal and the whole group is back, mm-hmm. and 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 it's almost a relief, right? Is is that the first loop? Better no, better right? better better question. If that's the end of their loop, in the sense of that's when the third moon is fully formed. How how come that's when it ends for them, but right. Justin and Aaron still have some time to get out of it. Because I'm interpreting the ending as they escaped from it. I'm I, Well, yeah, because it, it, to me, it's like an ending. It, there's no, like, weird epilogue. There's no, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jared Little Joker in this ending, you know? <laughs> well, it just ends. It's like they've escaped. They're happy because now they get to live their shitty lives outside the loop. Well, and, and, and yeah, and because and more importantly, they're driving down the road. Yeah, Justin kind of cedes control of, of the trip right. to Aaron. And like, and you see those birds right. in the air, but the birds don't start flying in the circle pattern as we saw at the beginning. So I'm right. assuming that they've escaped, but then yeah. how were they able to when what we've just witnessed, I'm assuming, is their loop ending slash beginning? I, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure about that. Well, well okay, so maybe, because I'm thinking... From resolution, when their loop, they think they've defeated it, mm. and then this being is looking at them, like, "Oh, we'll try something else." And then, and then we see the tape. We don't see it, but we hear it of them being horribly murdered, yes. or whatever, by this thing. Okay, mm-hmm. like they're screaming, rip, being ripped apart. So, 
is there time after the loop? Like, you know what I mean? Is there like a few moments that before the loop goes again, that's this thing, like, because again, this thing does kill them and this thing is trying to get them while they're trying to escape this world. Like, they're trying to get through the looking glass. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to escape, you know, Wonderland. <laughs> that's kind of what, again, it's almost like Alice in Wonderland where they're trying, there's all these clues, there's all these little treats and like that leads them in and then, they got to escape, so they go through the looking glass, and they do escape. But how much time has passed in there? We don't know. Like, have they been in there, even though it's been a few days? Is time different on the outside? Is it? Is it a few years later? Is it? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Because, again, with Mike's wife being in there, how long has she been in there for? She doesn't even know. It's So time, of course, you know, again, time is very weird in, like, these loop movies, time travel movies, anything like to do with that. And I, I always like, you know, movies like Coherence, you know, like I love, like plays with the whole time barrier, like of, well, if time is this much in this world or this little bubble and, you know, but again, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily make sense. I don't think it does, but it's kind of like maybe what they were going for where they try to explain too much, but ultimately it's like this being is whatever it is. And it's going to happen no matter what. And, well, they happen to escape. Unless someone wants to give them money years later and they make a sequel where they actually didn't escape. It's actually their loop now. Yeah, I'm... Because I think, I think where my biggest problem lands is... I, the, the film doesn't take enough time to really fully explore why this world would be so appealing to Aaron and so unappealing to Justin... Because right. a lot of time it, it takes that it could have taken doing that instead has uh, it involves them fiddling with this mystery at the shooting range or dive into the bottom of this lake to find this tape or finding Byron's trailer and, and like including a lot of stuff which is like, well, we, we kind of laid the seeds in resolution. So we have to go back and reference all that stuff, except you don't have to. Um, and right. And I realize I probably was have not been clear as to why I, I don't think this film is entirely Lovecraftian. And I think it's two parts. One, and I'll link to this, it's a Slash Film article in which Moorhead and Benson are being interviewed about their influences. And they basically kind of lay out, once again, all the Lovecraftian stuff is coincidental. We mm-hmm. didn't really intend that sort of stuff. I, I mean, they even have a, a thing here, like, we once had a meeting with someone who insisted that we were inspired by Lovecraft. I'm like, no, we're not. We made this up. We were getting a little indignant, and he said, no, you don't understand. If you've read or watched anyone in horror or sci-fi since Lovecraft existed, you were therefore inspired by Lovecraft. Everyone stands on Lovecraft's shoulders. He is the nexus of all cosmic horror and basically all horror, period. We have since realized just how true that is. And then Benson basically goes in to lay out, here are the three things that we see as Lovecraftian and how that just happens to be co- coincide with some of the stuff we do in our film. So once again, even they're kind of made like, no, Lovecraft isn't really... A thing for us but then also yeah like I said it's the for Lovecraft it's the uncovering of the mystery which is the thing which is so terrifying and just the implication of being like you your your own little island of ignorance stay on that it's safe and it's fine and you'll you know you'll you'll yeah. be better that whereas this one the character of Aaron really like once he understands what's happening on or or, or going on, I, I combined happening and going on and came out as happening on. Um, hmm. 
that is that is actually that provides meaning for him or comfort or solace and Justin is the one who wants to get out but once again though that dichotomy hasn't been explored enough in in my opinion right I mean I'm I'm, I'm assuming that Justin is supposed to be the older brother that that's the impression I get too so that's why he remembers more of the creepy shit mm-hmm. and then as opposed to Aaron who remembers like the food was really good and like the singing and all the the good stuff but it doesn't seem like it was an abusive place. Right. Right. You know, but there's also those like little like things about, oh, well, when people die, like how many people have died there? Mm-hmm. It's like, but you, but you don't, and it's like, again, it's, it's really weird because like then, um, the bearded dude is like always guarding that, that room, yeah. that house, mm-hmm. like whatever, that, that little shed. <laughs> and it's all the tapes and stuff from all the years. What does that mean? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing I, it's I, it's supposed to be an archive of like the the physical manifestation of what this thing did to all these people to trap them in this loop. But yeah, like yeah, what what I, is, yeah, what does that reveal? What does it like, tell us that that's new information? I, I just don't get that reveal. Like even when I watched it, I'm like, right, but we know that this thing does these things. Like, why was the guy guarding it with this big freaking lock? Oh my god, we'll mm-hmm. find out that we notice other tapes. Also, if they're being kept in the loop, and by they I just mean anyone who is trapped in a loop, why is it continuously manifesting a tape, like a new tape that Mike could find and watch? Like, th- these guys are already trapped here. What, what's what's the purpose? I mean, I guess it could be torture, but once Maybe. again, it, it's... It, it's Right, because Mike finds the hard drive that he that was buried, and it's them getting killed from that moment of the end of resolution. Yeah. Which I think, okay, fine, to tie in that together. That that was the first loop. And then but how many times have they seen that hard drive? You know what I mean? Like in this loop. Like it, it there's always finding weird little clues and hints and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like again, again. The the way they close that loop is like he burns the place while he just burns them all away. And then it happens again, but it's not at the same time as the last loop. Yeah, I mean, and that is because he chooses chose to kill himself right there. Yeah, I know. but I guess it's yeah, because I'm if I'm trying to take away what lesson does the endless convey, which would indicate this is why they got out versus this is why Mike and Chris did not because yeah, right. They they both have pretty satisfying endings and character arcs in the sense of. You know, Chris is like, yeah, fuck, man, I got to change. Take me to rehab. And Mike is like, you're right, man. Like, I, I'm I'm not in control of this. Like, I want you to be a part of this. But that wasn't enough to, to reset their story. But Justin relinquishing control over both of their lives to Aaron or, or kind of like from now on, we're equals. You know, you're my brother. I love you. But that's that's enough. I And so it, the emotional logic, what is the emotional logic? It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, what like how do you how does how do people escape? Well, they wanted it more. Like, did they? Like, it seemed like the other two wanted it because he wanted, you know, Mike wanted to be with his wife and his kid that was going to be born. Yeah, like it's it's really weird. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, I think when when writer, you know, when when filmmakers writers try to develop a world that they initially sought out just to make one film or a book about, that's where it kind of like deters from the original story like okay one and done sometimes that's all you need like sometimes some film franchises shouldn't have gone on beyond one film 
like sometimes you go oh now you're just like diluting it and like yeah you have great ideas but you're diluting the original intent of like this mystery that you know now you're given too much information about this mystery you still don't know what this thing looks like or do you because you see the underwater thing and you know it's a big mm -hmm. thing you know it's something we didn't see any tentacles luckily so that was, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, was, I was grateful for that but um but i mean again do you think that them quoting lovecraft in the beginning and then following it up with a an unknown you know quote underneath that like probably something they made up <laughs> and later on the one the magician guy talking about lovecraft in a conversation is that them joking about that oh you're you're making lovecraftian movies i think it is i think it's them saying look take a phone you will but here we're just going to quote lovecraft so you could say oh it's lovecraft because you're going to say it anyway because we've made these other films that people have already said is lovecraftian i yeah if if not if not um a joke then just sort of more kind of like fine if this is who you say we are this is we'll, we'll give you this Something. here and there yeah and, and I, I was trying to decide what that guy was talking about because i believe the guy's quote is like um yeah. lewis said it tolkien said it lovecraft perverted it which is interesting because okay so c.s lewis and tolkien were very much guys that were not just religious but also lewis wrote religious allegory tolkien yes. wrote stuff which people see as religious allegory even though it's not meant to be right how is that how is there a connection? Like, what is the connection between what they wrote and Lovecraft? And also, he perverted it. Yeah. So, so is it is it the idea of of God, God, or existence, or or, right? or whatever? That's the only thing I could think of that he might have been alluding to. Because mm -hmm. then, again, we get away from the conversation. Like, I want to hear more of that conversation. Yeah. Like, where were you going with that? Yeah. What is he talking about? And and also, I was I was <laughs> reminded. With putting that quote at the beginning, the Lovecraft quote from Supernatural Horror and Literature, and then kind of not fully understanding it or the context in which it in, I was reminded of, it's weird to say this, Guns N' Roses song Civil War, which starts with a quote from Cool Hand Luke and just be like, dude, that is way out of context with the song that that, that followed it up. <laughs> like, I, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah, Kool and Luke and Civil. Okay, uh, Guns N' Roses. Mm. Like okay, he, actual. hearing that song as a kid and hearing that quote, being like, "Oh man, this is deep." And then you see the movie and listen to the song. Like these two oh. things have nothing to do with each other. It's true. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's kind of like I always joke at the beginning, of "Kill Bill," and you have a Klingon proverb, old Klingon <laughs> proverb. And I, I, I love that because like uh, revenge is a, a dish that's served cold. <laughs> old Klingon proverb. <laughs> and like again, that's something. I love when there's a quote and like it's almost like a little joke, a little aside, like eh, take what you will, yeah, whatever. But yeah, I I, I I guess I did see it as sort of like them, maybe playing with it, leaning into it because it's also yeah. it, it it's also been theorized, I guess, that when they're coming back to the camp at the end and you see Mike's wife go by on the bike, that's supposed yeah. to be an allusion to in the mouth of madness with the 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 guy that keeps riding by at the bike and and on, on repeat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they, I, I do, I believe they are, they are big uh, Carpenter fans, which, I mean, how can you not be? Carpenter oh. is is awesome. But, um, yeah, I, I don't, um, I, I do wonder if it's, a, especially with them kind of saying, like, how coincidental stuff is, yeah, if it is kind of just a bit of them, like, yeah, not even a, a winking and a, and a nudging, but more just kind of like, 
If you pe- if, if this is what you people say that we are, we're gonna throw we're gonna throw that in here. But um, that's really not what this is. So sorry. The the one okay. question I had for you, which is one that I can't, I, I can't really make sense of, or or okay. in a co- in a coherent, cohesive sort of way. They did a lot of stuff um out out of uh respect for budget constraints, including yes. putting themselves as the lead. Yeah, yeah, as the leads. Um, I believe also. The House of the Rising Sun, which is fe- featured prominently, was in the public domain, so they included it. But what is it about that song, you think, that has relevance to the story? Because I gotta say, it's a creepy-sounding song. I always thought it was about, like, a, a whorehouse. I thought so, too. House of the Rising Sun, like, you're there until, you know, the next day. Yeah. Yeah, after having, like, your, you know, your your night of pleasure. Okay, now, and down in New Orleans, you know, come on. Like, it seems like that, and, like, it, it, you know, it's it, it's used effectively, like the different versions of it throughout, and like slowing it down, and like mm-hmm. even like the old timey thing. It's just like the six seconds of it, six seconds of it, six yeah. seconds of it, or or, or I guess ri- yeah, or or I I guess maybe about a bar because like one of the lines is um, right. now the only thing a gambler needs is a suitcase and a trunk, and the only time he's satisfied is when he's all drunk, and they talk about you know the ruin of a poor boy, so like yeah, a whorehouse or like a bar. Um, yeah, like, 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 yeah, like a very, like, this, you know, like, gr- grimy bar, like, a, like a dive bar that, like, like, a, like a Cheers, but much diver, like, everyone knows your name, but, like, <laughs> you're just there. Like, again, I've been to bars where you see, like, people that you know have been there for, like, 30 years. <laughs> it's almost like an endless loop. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe you know? it's just that. Yeah, maybe it's just as, as simple as the, this place where you just go back to time and time again. Yeah, and you know it's the same thing's gonna happen every time you go there. Mm-hmm. But you're okay with that. You might not. Some okay. people might not be, but you. But some people are. They're okay with that. They're okay with that. That life that they've chosen. I can see that. It, yeah. So maybe that's what it is. I mean, it's it's done effectively. I think it like again, public domain is always good. And let me ask you, how did you think um, Justin and Aaron were in these like starring roles? I, I thought they were. I think they were admirable. Like, they're, they, they're, they're fine. Yeah, they yeah. they were they weren't great, but they also weren't distracting. You know, no, they were like to me like like indie film like like you go okay independent. They had to cut the cost with like okay we'll be the actors too. Did a better job than some movies I've seen where it's like either a writer or director are like in a role like oh yeah I'll take this over any Tarantino role like <laughs> in most of the movies like that uh, Django Unchained Australian accent. I will always that's so terrible trash that like don't get me wrong I, lo- I love him in like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction but he's not an actor he's not a good actor I, I don't care what anyone says anyway but no I, I think I think they did pretty well uh, once again I think kind of the weakness is just the weakness in the story because how Benson is so much like you're a fucking cult leader and it's like okay give me more reason that you believe that please right like there's nothing he's doing this guy's doing that's like really overtly like destructive to people like I mean Ultimately, he is being destructive to the people, mm-hmm. but they all chose to to deal with that. Like, okay, well, but we're cool with that. And especially because there seems to be, especially in how sort of a remorse of like, yeah, like I, I did believe were they a cult at one point? I'm sure they yes. were, but now it doesn't. Seems like now that he knows what's up and the damage that has that's going to be continuously inflicted on them time and time again because of what Justin and Aaron said in the news. They're like, this is not us anymore, but we can't escape this. Not just because right. we're stuck in this 10-year loop, but also because of the story that you've told the world about us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like I so I I think that they're they're sympathetic. I was almost called them creatures, sympathetic characters, um, at this point. And so like the, Justin's rage, really is kind of misplaced, and Aaron's, the allure to Aaron is also like it's there, but like I I need I need a bit I need a bit more of that um, you know to understand because I I can totally understand why you think your brother's an asshole because he keeps harping on you for the the dome light and the battery in the car and that kind of stuff, but you know, um. Then again, I've had to do that with my brother in the past. With oh, yeah. Something I never fucking does, like, 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 like putting the seat down, you know, like, stop, piss, <laughs> stop pissing on the, on the, the toilet seat. <laughs> okay, okay. And then every time it would be the same mm-hmm. fucking thing. And you're like, okay, I have time. So I understand that older brother thing where they, you have to say something over and over again to your younger brother because they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. They're absent-minded in some way. Yep. <laughs> so I got that as a bigger brother. Yeah. Know? Also, they, they, they look nothing alike, so... No, no, but <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. I, 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 you know, it's like, they... But then again, they have a good chemistry with each other. I mean, they're friends, so of course, it makes sense. But, I mean, again, we've seen things where, like, people are friends and they can't act as friends. Yeah. Um, or, you know, that, or, or, like, they're actually, like... Like, it's always a surprise when you find out, like, oh, yeah, they, they, they fell in love while making that movie, and you go... Really? Because there was no sexual thing between them at all. Like, nothing. Yeah. Really? Okay. Not a bad movie, I think, viewed through the lens of a Lovecraftian film. I don't think it really checks any of those kind of boxes. But then also, as they say in this interview, a lot of this stuff is coincidental. And maybe a lot of it is just Lovecraft's storytelling and his devices are so so monumental and and the groundwork upon which so many works are based that it's just there's something in the subconscious that you can't escape and so if i mean if you're a viewer that's like no i find this to be a perfect lovecraftian film cool right fine i'm also i'm not gonna argue with you too much on it either me either i I think it's like if you want to take that from it cool but yeah i i'm kind of with you where it's like "Eh, yeah it's not but but again there are some little elements in there that I can see people looking at, oh, no, that's Lovecraftian because, you know, it's something you can't see. You kind of see it, but you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, oh, it's, again, they, they use the term of impossible colors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing we, we know from <laughs> things like mm-hmm. color out of space and stuff. So it's intended, but, like, I think it's them almost, like, kind of going, you know, see? Mm. You, you like that? You like the Lovecraft thing there? Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> and it's funny because even saying this, they they hearken back to a complaint we've had many times. They say some more some more time passed. Spring came out, and mostly because spring has tentacles or technically a tentacle, people assume that therefore we must be Lovecraft lovers. Um, <laughs> so you know, that's a trope that they hate as well. Um, one one final comment too. Still still kind of a little broy. That conversation, that brief, admittedly brief conversation of can a woman be a pedophile was like what what. Are you doing yeah, that, here, guys? Yeah, that was that was weird. Even my, even Corinne actually was like sitting watching that part, and she's like, "What?" I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that, that, I'm not even gonna get into that. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, that's that's a that's the that's the endless. So we finally bring this um lengthy episode to a close. Um, as always, you can get in touch with us via email, moviesofmadness at gmail you can find the cast of Cthulhu on Facebook at Cthulhu Cast or on Twitter at Cast Cthulhu. James is fistful of media. I am Nolan Fixes Teeth, and you can find our episodes on castlecthulhu.podbean.com as well as battleshipretention.com. Don't forget to pick up 
Battleship Pretensions Top 100 Films of the 2010s. Um, next month, we've got a plan. Hooray! Uh, Emily, yeah. we came up with it at probably the last minute, but that's, uh, <laughs> you know, who cares? That's fine. That's fine. Uh, um, we're going to do Society and Lord of Illusions. And it was back and forth. We were either going to do um, Lord of Illusions or this Turkish film called Baskin. But it seemed like Lord of Illusions, we can get some... Uh, a guest on to talk about as well as a, a guest for society james is yeah. um james's significant other corinne is going to be joining yeah. us yeah we might actually it's funny enough we might do the same way we did the last time with emma where she'll be in another room <laughs> on a, <laughs> i was like yeah i joked to her because i'm like oh yeah you probably won't be sitting next to me because you won't be hearing and she's like that's fine whatever well, okay yep. so. no that's uh yeah so that that's gonna be fine and society listen we started out the podcast with some shitty stuff. There's been a lot of shitty stuff in the news recently, especially fucking white supremacist guy kills a whole bunch of Asian Americans and people are bending over backwards like, no, he was a sex addict. It has nothing to do about race. And yeah, yeah. if you're anything like us, your blood has been boiling over this bullshit, not just the fact that it happened, but also how people are you know, jumping through hoops to basically make this about anything other than white supremacy. So I just was thinking of, I'm so sick of society and this society that is just so incestuous and self-preserving and hostile towards outsiders. So I'm like, James, let's yeah, do society. society. <laughs> we have to do society. Yeah, we, we, we could talk about in detail about the shunting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, 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 and a return of Brian Usna to the podcast. Uh, That's true, yeah. To, to the podcast. You it, know, it's it, kind of a, you know. It, it's been since, because he didn't, because he wasn't involved in Dagon, was he? So it's been since um since uh, the, the Reanimator films, I think. Reanimators and, and From Beyond, like he. Oh, produced. yeah, yeah, From Beyond, yes, okay. Did he, yeah, I don't think, did he, wait, I think he produced Dagon. Um, you you are correct. He was a creative producer and producer on Dagon. So okay, okay. Um, directing wise, it hasn't been since the, yeah. uh, the reanimated sequels, which it, you know it's been a while. And I I like you reprinted reprinted retweeted <laughs> um, Prince Jackson's um, yes. comment that like let me let me work on a on a, a society remake coming from a black perspective, and then his tweet included like a gif from the shunting in which i believe it looks like someone's hand is through the eyes and mouth of another person's head oh, yeah it's 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 fun again it's um the special effects in that movie are insane by oh. uh screaming mad george oh, an, an asian it's an, oh it's another screaming mad george joint awesome yeah cool yeah, yeah. it's one yeah it, his stuff is always like okay yep like, um cool but but that that's all to say I retweeted that and my wife was then scrolling through Twitter and she screamed and said what did you just put in my timeline so <laughs> um yeah so we're we're gonna do society and also once again take a look in the show notes there's gonna be a, a few links to websites in there where you can uh you know donate to um, Asian American Pacific Islander societies in which are um, raising awareness and funds and just activism because this shit's got to stop. Um, and as, uh, but unfortunately, uh, as long as we keep casting these people as sex addicts or, you know, just, um, having a really bad day, uh, this, this, this stuff is never going to stop. And, um, and, you know, we, we, we watch and we love horror movies because of escapism, because of technical craft, because of what it speaks to society. And there is a contingency of people in this world 
where real life horror is a daily experience for them and that's heartbreaking and we we you know we said it before we'll say it again we don't stand for that kind of shit here so um thank you for um listening everybody we hope that you have enjoyed our discussions of uh benson and moorhead but yeah be sure to tune in next time where we'll be talking about brian yuzna's society where corinne will be joining us hooray um, um, but in the meantime, we'll be waiting and dreaming with dead Cthulhu in his house in Relio. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 